and I'm going to preach a, a series starting for the next couple of weeks called A Child is Born. A Child is Born. And so we encourage you to follow along this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Luke chapter 2, the angel said to the shepherds, you will find a baby. You'll find a baby. I think one of the things sometimes we forget when it comes to the Christmas story or comes to just Jesus coming to earth we forget sometimes that he came as a baby. I mean, we, we see the baby in the manger and we, we, we understand that, that he came as a baby, but we forget all that that I- I- entails. In, in other words, Jesus came as an infant, as an infant. He was a baby. He was a child. He was not a fully grown adult in a baby's body. He was all baby. Come on now. I said he's all baby. So, so I know we sing away in a manger, no crying he made. But how many of you know Jesus cried? He may have wailed. He did everything. Watch this. He did everything a baby does. Left to himself, he would not have survived. He was a baby. He was not super baby, incredible baby, boss baby. He was just, just a baby, right? Sometimes we think, well, no, no, he was, you know, of course he was special, and of course he was divine, but he was also an infant. He came out as an infant. He came out as a baby. He had needs. He needed to be fed. He needed to be changed. He needed to be raised. He needed everything that a baby needs. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. You'll find a baby in a manger. He did not float or levitate. He did not move miraculous, you know, bottles around the room, bringing them to him. No, he was a complete baby. And the reason why that's important is because I believe that you'll find the beginning of the Christmas story, not in Luke chapter 1 or or Matthew chapter 1, talking about the wise men. I believe the Christmas story actually starts in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now, now it says in the New Living Translation that, that he, he humbled himself. And, 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 but watch what, watch what it says in the Amplified. I want to do this this morning. I want to read it to you from the Amplified Version. Now, there's a lot of extra words. Here's what the Amplified Version does. The Amplified takes a phrase or, or, or a word and it expands it. That's why it's called Amplified. It, it amplifies a verse, and so it adds words to to give you an understanding of what it means, and we're going to put these words on the screen, and I want to read it to you, and I want you to follow along in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse number 5. Here's what it says, have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Now, when you see it, in these brackets, you'll, you'll, you'll understand that this is the, the explanation. This is the expansion or the amplification. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form 
and unchanging essence of God, as one with Him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes to the entire nature of deity. He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it. Now watch verse 7. But emptied himself, emptied himself. The New Living said he gave up his divine privilege, but, but the Amplified really translates it and says he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. Verse 8 says, After he was found in terms of his outward expression, Uh, outward appearance as a man, for a divinely pointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, come on now, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God to the glory of God the Father. Somebody say amen. Boy, you could just... You could just chew on those verses for decades. I mean, you could just take that portion of Scripture and just meditate on it over and over again. Here is the beginning, in my estimation, of the Christmas story. Before he became a baby, he made the decision to humble himself. Or as verse 7 says in the Amplified, to empty himself. He emptied himself. I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus' choice to empty himself, to take up residence in a human body. He was fully God, yet fully man. But listen now, he became limited, not in his deity, but in his humanity. He became limited by taking on the form of a servant, of a human, or of a man. He no longer could be everywhere at all times. No, now he was limited, and he faced the limitations that we face as humans, which means this, he became hungry. He would become thirsty. He would become physically tired and weary in his physical body. And he did this. He emptied himself uh, and took on these limitations, and he did it for a reason, for a purpose. See, God chooses to, 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 to empty Jesus. Jesus emptied himself, and he does it for a reason. It's because God wants humanity. God wants us. The Christmas story is still about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, amen? That's why we have Christmas. It's because God so loved us. Jesus emptied himself. And by emptying himself... 
He began to be filled with purpose. The Bible says Jesus had a purpose. Here was his purpose. It says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus was filled with purpose, but he started by emptying himself. Emptying himself. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor, this is, this is Christmas. You're talking about humbling and emptying. Come on, this is the season where we consume and we, we take in and, and, and we say we need more and more stuff and more things and more food. Hallelujah. We, we want more and more. It's a season where we talk about, you know, getting more and giving more. And it's all about excess. But, but the truth is, is that even at this moment, God is saying to us, it's time to empty ourselves. To be filled. And, and it is a process. It's the filling process. I want to talk to you about the filling process. And the first thing you need to know is that filling begins with emptying. Filling begins with emptying. God empties us so that he can fill us again. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 says we're made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We're made complete. It's fullness. God wants us filled filled he wants us full God intended us to be filled to live filled see if you think God's trying to take things away from you he is but only so that he can get more to you hallelujah I don't know if you've seen the picture that, that's making its rounds on the internet and it's been there really for, for years and it's of a little girl holding a little teddy bear and she's got this little teddy bear behind her back and here's Jesus and he's down on one knee and he's got this big giant bear behind his back and, and, and he's saying to her, listen, I, I want your bear and she's saying, but Jesus, I, I love, my, she's got this little bear behind her back, Jesus, I love my little bear, Jesus, I love it and, and the implication is that Jesus is saying if you'd only give me what you got then I'd give you what I've got hallelujah and I've got something big it's so much bigger and you'll love it so much more but we have to start by saying okay God I'm willing to give you what I have I'm willing to empty myself the whole Christmas story starts with Jesus emptying himself so that he could be filled with purpose filled with purpose it's the filling process it's the filling we start by emptying ourselves the second thing you need to know is that the way up really is down. I said the way up is down. Luke chapter 14, verse number 11 says, If you selfie yourself, I mean, I'm sorry, if you exalt, if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. But if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. You exalt yourself, promote yourself. Listen, isn't that kind of what social media is really all about? So this is the challenge that we face because it's contrary to what the gospel says. It's contrary to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the way up, is down. If you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. But if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Psalms chapter 75, verse 6 says exaltation comes neither from the west, east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge, and he puts one down, and he exalts another. Now listen, watch this, it says this, promotion does not come from the east and west. Now watch this, here's what it says, promotion does not come horizontally, right? It says it doesn't come from a horizontal plane, not from the east or from the west doesn't come horizontal. 
And then it goes on to say this. Nor does it come from the south. It doesn't come from below, right? And so by default, we figure out where promotion comes from. Well, if it doesn't come horizontally from the east and from the west, and it doesn't come from the south, which is below, then there's only one other option. Hallelujah. That other option is it comes from above. And so God is the one who exalts. Listen, if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. Hallelujah. So we have to start this process, this process of emptying ourselves, of purging, of letting go, of releasing of saying, God, okay, I'm willing, I'm willing to, to, to understand this principle that the way up is actually down. The way up is actually down. I was talking to, to somebody right before service, and we were talking about Paris, and I had the privilege of going to Paris, and I tell people, in your lifetime, you have to go see the Eiffel Tower. If you see it in pictures, it's great, but, but listen... When you see it with your own eyes, when you experience it, it's amazing. It really is. So a few years ago, I took my mom uh, and my sister. We went to, we went to Paris, and, and we spent a couple days there. And, and do you know that the Eiffel Tower has three different options for you? Three different options. The first option is you can go to the lower level, right? Lower level. Or you can go to the mid-level. Or, if you want... You could go to the top, right? So I'm with my mom and sister, and, and it's nighttime, and they light it up. They put lights all over at nighttime. It's amazing. And so we decided to go to the mid-level. And I did that because I'm saving the top level for Cynthia. Come on now. Like a good husband. I said, Cynthia, I'm going to take you, but we're going to go to the top. Hallelujah. But do you know that if you go to the lower level, you go to the mid-level, you take stairs. You just go up and... You go through this line, and you just go up stairs. But if you want to go to the top, here's how you get to the top. You actually have to go down. You make your way to this line, and this line brings you down. And instead of manually going upstairs, you go down to a lift. And the lift takes you automatically, without any effort, without, without, without any strain, without any stress, without any fatigue, without having to wear yourself out, the lift takes you all the way to the top. Hallelujah. Listen, I think that's how it is with God. If you want to go to a low level, if you want to go to a mid-level, well, then you can do it all by yourself, and you're going to wear yourself out. But if you want to go to the top, you have to go down. And when you go down, it's God who lifts you all the way to the top, and you don't get weary and worn out. God does it on His own. Somebody say, Hallelujah! Listen, that's what we need in our life. We need to empty ourselves so that God in His strength, in His power, in His ability can take us all the way to what He has for us. Amen? Listen, it starts by us saying, okay, I'm willing to go down so that God can bring me up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The way up, the way up, the way up is down. The way up is down. Matthew chapter 16. Here's what God said. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Huh? Jesus said if you want to find your life, you have to do what? You have to lose it. Lose it. See, in the kingdom of God, we play a different game. Here on earth, we play... Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. But the kingdom of God is completely backwards. It's different. Huh? It's finders, losers, losers, keepers. That's how the kingdom of God operates. If you want to find it, you have to lose it. If you're willing to lose it, then guess what? You'll find it. Now, when Jesus said these words, it's immediately after Peter says to him, Jesus... You will not go to the cross. You will not die. This will not happen. Because Jesus was talking to the disciples. He gathered them around. He said, hey boys, I got something to tell you. This is kind of important. You need to know this. He said, I'm going to be handed over to, to the government. And I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified. They're going to put me on a cross. But I'm going to be raised from the dead three days later. And Peter said started to rebuke him the Bible said Peter starts to rebuke him and said this will not happen and Jesus looks at Peter and says get behind me Satan huh if you want to exalt yourself you're going to be humbled humbled and Peter is humbled at that moment and so Jesus rebukes Peter and he's talking to his disciples about a cross right And Peter said, no, you're not going to the cross. And then Jesus says, the very next thing he says is what? If you want to come after me, you want to follow me, guess what? You get a cross too. (laughs) Oh, you get a cross. Don't think that I'm the only one that's going to get on a cross. If you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. And Luke says, you follow me, you take up your cross daily, daily. Every day, every day, take up your cross. What is our cross? It's not being nailed with hands, feet fastened by, by nails, or it's not a spear in our side. Here's what our cross is. Our cross is where our will and His will intersect. It's when we have our own plan, our own agenda, our own idea of what life is going to look like, what finances are going to look like, what career is going to look like. So we get our own set of, of ideas of, of what our future is going to be like. I'm, I'm going to do this with my life, and I'm going to go this place, and I'm going to spend my money on whatever I want to spend my money on because it's mine. It's my house. It's my car. It's my kids. It's my marriage. It's where our will and His will completely intersect. That's our cross. And we say, God, not my will be done your will be done that's how we get to our cross and Jesus said if you want to come after me listen you get a cross too it's a different kind of cross but it's still a cross and you have to come after me because you have to be willing to lose your life because if you try to hold on to it if you try to grasp it if you're trying to just hold on to the to the stuff guess what you're going to lose all that stuff you're going to lose it because what would it profit a man if he finds the whole world loses his soul 
This week I was reading a quote by Jim Carrey, the comedian and the actor, and he said this, it was so interesting, he said, I wish everyone in the world could become rich and famous so that they find out it's not the answer. I wish everyone in the world could become rich and famous so they find out it's not the answer. Not the answer. In the end, it leaves us empty. But when we empty ourselves, huh? when we start the process of emptying ourselves, God fills us with incredible purpose. Huh? And we're filled with this purpose, and when we're filled with his purpose, we begin to walk our cross through our life we begin to say, God, not my will be done. Your will be done. The way up is down, and the way to be filled is really to be emptied. Emptied. And I believe God's speaking to us. I believe he really is. I believe he's speaking to us about this process that he wants us to go through. Even during Christmas. I know this is a Christmas message like I've never preached before. I say, God, you really want me to preach this at Christmas time? I mean, can't we just ho, ho, ho and sing a few little carols and, and go on our merry way, talk about wise men and baby Jesus? But no, this is what God's message to our church is and, and to us and to you individually because you are not here by accident. God wants you to hear this message so that you understand he has something bigger for you than what you see with your own natural eyes. It is so much bigger, and it may be hidden now. He's got it behind his back. But if you just give up what you have, he'll give you what he has. Something's happening in, in just a few weeks. I, I, I see it coming, and, and I've been waiting for it. Every year we do this, and it's called our 21 days of fasting and prayer. 21 days of fasting and prayer. And here's what's happening. It's happening starting January the 7th. 21 days of fasting and prayer. Now, for years, we've called it 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I remember last year, I said, okay, it will not be called, no longer be called 21 days of prayer and fasting. I don't want you to think that we're just praying for 21 days. Because you've got to understand we're fasting too. Hallelujah. I was telling somebody this morning, there's, there's, you know, beached body, right? A, a beach body. I said, I feel like I have beached whale body right now. I got, I've been, I put on some pounds. I've been eating some cereal late at night. And my wife's looking at me going, really? And again, another bowl of cereal. Anyway, I got this slide. I want you to check out this slide uh, uh, that we have coming up for 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you could put that slide on, put it on. Here's what's going to happen during these 21 days. We're meeting every night, every night, Sunday through Friday. Every night, Sunday through Friday. And we're going to meet for one hour, except for Friday nights. Friday nights. Every Friday night, we have a special speaker coming. So the first Friday night, Wild Man, Pastor Tony Foster, is coming. I mean, if you've never been in one of his services, it's, it's an experience, right? I mean, he, he prophesies over the chairs. and I mean, it's just... It's incredible. And then the next Friday, we have Pastor Chuck from Clewiston. My dear friend is coming over to be with us, and he always brings an incredible word. And, 
And then this year, we're going to end with Pastor Jay Pike from Oklahoma, a great friend of mine. He's going to be here for the very first time. And, and so we're meeting every night from 7 to 8. And then Friday night is kind of our blowout nights where we just say, God, whatever happens, happens. We're here, and we just want your presence. And they'll be preaching and praying for people and prophesying. I, I, I don't know what God's going to do, but I know this. We're going to start this year off emptying ourselves, emptying ourselves. And that's really what fasting is. Fasting is beginning to empty yourself. And I want you to get ready, man. I, I'm already sitting on go. I'm already sitting on ready. I, I, I wish our, our 21 days started now, but we'd never make it through Christmas, right? So we have to start for the new year. And, and if you need to load the hump for now, load the hump for now. I mean, that's what I'm doing because it's coming. It's coming. 21 days of fasting and prayer and I'm so excited about what God's going to do this year